Before we start this episode, we have a quick message from our sponsors. If you're studying for the Foreign Service Officer Test like us, we have a great study tool for you. Besides listening to our podcast, we also use FSO Compass. On FSO Compass, you can find practice tests for every section, comprehensive courses that guide you through the entire application process, and you can even connect with other aspiring U.S. diplomats. The resources have really helped us prepare, and we hope they help you too. To access FSO Compass and get 10% off your annual subscription, be sure to use the link in our description box. Good luck! Hello everyone, welcome back to another Econ with Jack mini-sode. The 2021 Olympics are in their final stretch this week, and I hope you all have been enjoying it. This is also the first year that they have skateboarding and surfing in the Olympics, so I really recommend you check those out if you haven't seen them already. All the Olympic athletes are so talented, but I was so blown away by those events. So in honor of the 2021 Olympics and all the amazing athletes that are competing right now, we're going to be covering the economic impact of the Tokyo Olympics on Japan. Both the 2020 Tokyo Olympics and Paralympics were postponed by a year due to the coronavirus pandemic, and in addition to the cost of postponement, Japan also had to make alterations to account for COVID-19 prevention. The official cost for the event ended up being $15.4 billion, a 22% increase from the original $12.6 billion budget, where the $2.8 billion increase came from contract negotiations and COVID precautions. However, audits by the Japanese government over the last several years showed that the costs are in actuality at least $25 billion. Now, that number is not an abnormal price tag for most countries who host the Games. Brazil spent around $13.1 billion on the 2016 Rio Olympics, which is only a little less than the $14.8 billion London spent on the 2012 Olympics and Paralympics where China spent over $40 billion on the 2008 Olympics and Russia spent $50 billion on the Sochi Winter Olympics. Typically, countries that host the Olympics can regain much of the expenses through ticket sale revenue, but this year, there wasn't a single fan permitted to attend the Tokyo Olympics. Toshiro Muto, the CEO of the Tokyo Olympics Organizing Committee, suggested that the games be looked at as an investment rather than a cost. Local organizers have been able to recover some of the costs through domestic sponsorships, and the International Olympic Committee is able to generate income from selling broadcast rights. But finances are still stressed. I don't know if anyone listening noticed, but this year it was really difficult to find a place to watch the Olympics for free. I personally was only watching maybe 30 minutes of surfing before I had to switch to another device to try to watch another 30 minutes because I didn't have the right streaming service. Also, I didn't realize this earlier, but the Beijing Winter Olympics are actually set to open in six months after Tokyo closes. So the turnaround time for recovering funding between the events is extremely small this time. And after hearing all these numbers, you start to think, who's paying for all this? For starters, the International Olympic Committee, which is a non-governmental sports organization based in Switzerland, is the group that heeds the organization of the Olympics and selects the host. 
The IOC and all its related organizations within the Olympic movement are privately funded. So the committee retains only 10% of its funding and disperses the other 90% to support the worldwide Olympian movement. This includes money for national Olympic committees and financial support so that every country can compete in the Olympics. Unfortunately, this only covers some of the bill. The rest of it, taxpayers from the hosting city are expected to pay a good portion of. For example, in the 2012 London Games, the public sector contributed the equivalent of 8.7 billion USD towards the cost. Also, did you know Boston, Massachusetts had a bid to host the 2024 Olympic Games? But they ended up pulling out after Mayor Marty Walsh found out locals could be held accountable for runoff costs. The sad truth is that many cities end up going into debt because they hosted the Games. Brazil was already going through one of the worst recessions since the 1930s at the time, and they were still responsible for holding the 2016 Olympic Games. Not to mention the 2014 FIFA World Cup that happened just two years earlier. Politicians justified that the high costs of the games were a chance to boost overall profits and the economy, but Brazil still suffered a net $2 billion loss from hosting the games, and their GDP contracted by 3.3% in 2016. In addition to that, most of the Olympic venues are abandoned after the games. I recommend searching for previous Olympic villages and what they look like today because the images are pretty disheartening and very surprising that these huge, beautiful venues go unused afterwards. Currently, it's looking like the economic loss on Japan from the Tokyo Olympics will be over 20 billion USD. Despite all this, the cities that still want to host the Olympics are the ones backed by a majority of public support, with cities in the biddings backed by at least 70% of voters. Countries also have their own agendas in mind when they bid to host the Olympic Games. Some may be hoping to boost their economy or bring life back to poorer parts of a city. Even just demonstrating their wealth and power as a country has been a reason for choosing to host the Olympic Games. Whatever the reason is, it's still one of the biggest celebrations in the entire world with a bill to match. So my question for you all is, if your nearest city was selected to host the games, would you think it's worth it? Tweet us at hdwnkt or email us at that at gmail.com with your thoughts. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week. Bye! This has been an episode of How Did We Not Know That? If you liked it, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also follow us on all social media at HDWNKT and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, check out our website at HDWNKT.com to find all of our show notes and study guides for each episode. You can help us improve the quality of the podcast by becoming a history hero through our Patreon. Thank you for listening and see you guys next week.